Welcome to Chucking a Sickie. This week, I can't go to work because, look, I'm going to just level with you here. I was in a horrible accident, and now I cannot remember what happened 15 minutes ago. So I have no idea not only where I work, who I am, or what I do for work. So I obviously can't come into work today. I'm your host, Harry, and each episode, we invite a very special guest and go through their perfect day off. From the excuse they use to get out of work, to the song that sets the tone for the day, their favorite meal, and their adventurous afternoon. A real-life Ferris Bueller's day off. We have a lot of exciting episodes coming up, from Aussie comedy superstars to bands, playwrights, actors, and hell, maybe even a Polaroid camera enthusiast. But this week, we have the absolutely hilarious Aiden Jones. Now, Aiden has been on the comedy scene for over a decade. He has a comedy special called Taco, hosts his own podcast, Sitting Under a Tree with Aiden Jones, and quite frankly, is just damn hilarious. Aiden will be at the Melbourne Comedy Festival right now, uh, between the 30th of March to the 23rd of April, and the Sydney Comedy Festival from the 4th to the 7th of May. So get your tickets to this show. Uh, links to the show are, as always, in the description below. But for now, pull out the thermometer and get ready to call your boss because it's time for Chuckin' a Sickie. <coughs> Chuck a Sickie. Welcome to Chuckin' a Sickie, Aiden. I'm so excited to have you on the pod. G'day, mate. Thanks for having me. I'm, Look, I'm it's... overjoyed. I can't <laughs> wait to be here. I'm sorry yeah. I just woke up from a nap. I'm fucking zapped, but let's <laughs> fucking get into it. Look, you've had a lot of jobs in your life. Obviously, your show last year was all about <laughs> jobs that you've been fired from. What for you has been <laughs> your worst job so far? This is so funny, man. Um, what was my worst job, man? Oh, I mean, I don't know that I really had any bad jobs. Like, all of the jobs I've had have just been jobs that I didn't, like, you know, working in cafes, bars. I was a tour guide for a bit. None of them were necessarily that bad, but I just had the shittiest attitude towards them. You know, like, you go and work in someone's cafe, and it's like their dream. They've opened a cafe. They're all excited. And then they're like expecting you to be as excited about their dream as they are. And you're <laughs> yeah. just like, man, I don't give a fuck about your customer. You know, like <laughs> I was all like, yeah, man, yeah. people would all, and I guess cause people see, this was my problem when I was, I mean, thankfully I don't really have a proper job now, but um, when I was working in cafes, people would see like, you know, I'm a pre I love talking to people. I love meeting people um, on my own time. You know, like I love doing it just for the sake of doing it <laughs> yeah, and like finding out about a person and it's fun. But then they see that and they're like, oh, I need a comedian. So like he's funny. So they go, this guy's going to be great behind the coffee machine in my cafe. And when people come in, he'll <laughs> want to talk to him. But as soon as I have to be there, I'm like, fuck every one of you cunts coming through this door. Um, <laughs> just complete oppositional defiance. Yeah, man. Yeah, I think. And look, this is a big old me problem, you know? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I love that. So you, you started these jobs and then eventually got fired because you realized that you just hated them. I think this is one of the few times where <laughs> it's not that the jobs were bad. It was just like you did, could just couldn't care less. Yeah, man. I mean, I think, uh, uh, you know what? I don't know if it's, uh, I don't know that there's any specific job that's bad. I think all jobs I just bat like I had a joke in my show last year about getting fired from all those jobs. I would say, um, I see, you know, like no one likes jobs. Like you see, um, politicians on the news talking about like, you know, we're creating more jobs. Like it's a good thing. And it's like, stop, why stop? Like we hate those. <laughs> yeah. 
Because it's like the whole idea of a job is that you do something that you wouldn't do normally, but you're getting paid, so you go do it, you know? Yeah, I, I've never thought of it that way, but I guess no one really is signing up to do a job. Everyone's signing up to get the money so that they can retire and then enjoy life. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> also, the reason I'm answering the question like this in such a vague, non-specific way is because I didn't think hard enough before <laughs> you asked me about what. <laughs> yeah. that's, that's so fair. Look, I would say that your worst job is... I mean, your answer was correct. It's any job that you've had to have. It's any job. It's absolutely any job. I, there's got to be... I've been fired from 14, man. Oh, 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 no. Oh, sales oh my god yep. i did sales twice in my life both for less than two weeks before i quit <laughs> Jeez, that is so um, quick door-to-door sales man just like selling electricity just bothering people walking in like someone's house when it's just like when they're having their own time and you have to yeah. just like lie or fudge the truth or coerce them into signing some piece of paper that they don't need to sign and like the fucking weaselly vermin scum that run those sales offices that they're like selling you the job as well they're like hey we're doing people a favor like it's all good people they should be grateful that we're coming to their house and then they send you out into some boot you know some poor suburb where people are just scraping by to knock on people's doors when they're having like their moments to themselves and be like i'm here to help you let me in your house yeah. Yeah, I think that is probably one job that I could I could never do. I just feel like knocking people's doors. Like I hate calling people in general because I'm like if I'm disturbing them at like uh, during lunch, during their dinner, like just seems seems awful. And to do that face to face would just be terrifying. Yeah, hard out, man. No, it's a it's a horrific thing that some people think is acceptable. <laughs> yeah, and I know that the sales companies as well also pay you nothing because you only get paid commission. It's not like you're getting an hourly rate or whatever it is. When I did it, I got a base. Um, okay. And I the first time I did it, I was there for 10 days. I remember uh, I was 21 and the only reason I went because I, was st- I grew up in Adelaide and I wanted to move to Melbourne and I could not get a job because I was just a piece of shit. Um, and I'd been fired from like a few jobs in a row and I just took this job out of desperation because you got a base and I don't think I made a single sale, but I just stuck it out for 10 days so that I could get like 300 bucks and catch a a Greyhound bus to Melbourne and move. Oh my God. That's pretty incredible. Did you knock on doors or did you just like hang around and pretend? Oh no, I totally knocked on doors. They eventually pretty quick send you out by yourself. So you're just like walking. Shit. And I, I can't remember, it was 2012. I can't remember whether it was if we had phones to do it or if you had a piece of paper, but I did it again in 2014 or 13 maybe. And then, yeah, we had like iPads and you go around and they like track you. So like if oh, you haven't knocked awful. on, you know, a few doors, they're just like, hey man, like, what's up? <laughs> <laughs> and like pretending they're your mate. Hey brother, like yeah. you having a good time or... <laughs> <laughs> the answer is always no. No one is having a good time. No one's having a good time. Yeah, they try and be so matey to like pump you up. If someone speaks to me like that, I'm just like, I hate you. Like I'm I'm in the stinking heat trying to sell shit oh, that I don't totally. care about. Like go away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I remember at the second one, the dude was so weasley because they uh 
it's like, you know, I was 22 or 23 the second time. And, um, you know, it's like a bunch of, they advertise to like backpackers and, you know, like working holiday types. And um, I remember the guy being like, on fr- bro, like on Friday, we have a party, we have drinks, you know, there's like, you know, like sometimes there's like a bit of romance and stuff. <laughs> He's basically going like, if you work here, you might get laid. So like, <laughs> you should work here because like. We employ some hot girls. It's just like you're a pig, man. Yeah, that's that's pretty feral. I'm actually surprised though mm. that you decided to do a second stint. Like, I really think after the first stint, the way you describe it, what compelled you to do it a second time? Oh, the desperation, dude. Like, I just because I couldn't stick out any job, you know. And people yeah. would tell people like, you know, everyone is your mates are generally pretty supportive, whatever you do, because like people care about you and they just want you to have a job. So like. You know, I would get fired from a bar and then I'd get fired from a cafe or whatever. And then I'm like, man, I don't know if bar works for me. I saw this thing for sales and people, st- they go like, yeah, man, like you're a pretty happy dude or whatever. And yeah. you start to believe like, you know what? Maybe I'm a born salesman. Maybe this is my <laughs> calling. And you knock on the door and it's a family of five that are having a lovely dinner and you've just interrupted and ruined their entire night. You're like, maybe, maybe this is not for me. I remember it was one day, I used to do a bit about it when it happened. The second time I did it, I, I quit. I, the guy's name was Josh. He was this, um, you know, Cockney geezer, like British lad who was the boss. Who was the, He was the yeah. my boss, but not the big boss. He was out there with us. And then he let me go by myself and I called him up and I was like, hey man, this isn't for me. Um, I, I was, I'd knocked on the guy's door who was like from Iran and he was like, you know, like he was on a visa and he was just here in the country yeah. for like six months. Yeah. And I was just like, hey dude, want to change your electricity company? <laughs> and he was just like, didn't understand what I was talking about. Just wanted to, he was like, man, my wife, she can't get a job. Like we have kids. We're so poor. And I was just like, yeah. oh dude, like I'm so sorry. <laughs> Like, let's just have a chat. He got me a beer and we were just sitting there. And then my boss showed up and I was like, hey, man, this is this guy. I'm quitting. I don't want to work here anymore. And my boss was like, that's all good, man. We'll take you back. And he chatted to the dude. He had a beer. And then after about 20 minutes there, he turned to the guy and he was like, anyway, man, so what we're here to do today is we're just going to help you out with your electricity. And he just started selling the guy. <laughs> just missed it. Like after we just yeah, had this beautiful fucking point. moment. <laughs> oh god it was yeah it was so brutal it's definitely that type of uh person that needs those type of jobs like i just think not many people uh, are made for door-to-door sales management i just remember as well i mean it was like the cocking i look back and like I, that guy you know like i kind of love that guy like the boss yeah. guy because he was just a cocky i reckon he was even younger than me because i remember feeling threatened by how confident he was and the fact that he was like <laughs> yeah. i reckon he was like 21 and he yeah. was just like a cocky, like good looking dude, you know, traveling Australia, like confident talking to girls, made yeah. money as a salesman. And like, I remember him going like, cause you have to do your farm work to get your second year visa. Yeah, of course. And I remember him being like, man, uh, you know, didn't do my farm work, got someone else to sign off of that. Cause I'm, you know, fuck that. I don't want to do that. I don't want to <laughs> be here in the city. And I just, that's like a very cocky young man type of attitude to take, you know? These people, they yeah. want me to do this bullshit, but I'm smarter than them, so I'm fucked that. Um, and now he's probably earning like 300k a year. Yeah, yeah, you know. And I mean, maybe he's a fucking psycho, but there's something compelling about that as a person. It's like, yeah, well, what's he doing now? <laughs> yeah. It's interesting, you know? He managed to trick a whole country and he was here for like six months. Yeah, 
it's pretty impressive. Like, I feel like he probably could have convinced the nice uh, Irani man as well to change his electricity. He just seems like that type of guy. Oh, fully. He's either like, um, you know, a manager with like $300,000 or he's lost his job and is probably in jail for something. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Fully. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No yeah. in between there. Like embezzlement or like whatever. One of those like three syllable crimes. Yeah. yeah. It's got to be. If it was any less than that, it'd be worrying. <coughs> So you've had these 14 jobs and you've created all of them and now you're doing comedy full time. So you've been doing comedy for a while as well. Um, I guess for you, something that I've found very interesting is the different mediums of comedy that you've done. So during COVID, you're pretty inventive. Obviously, you had your YouTube channel, Backyard Pitch, as well as comedy in your driveway and comedy in the park. Um, uh-huh. For you, what medium have you preferred the most? Inventive is one way to put it. Yeah, deranged <laughs> yeah. maybe is like a better way to, to describe what I was up to during lockdown. I was losing my mind one 12-minute video at a time. Yeah, I, I watched the one of, of you speaking to people in the driveway and I thought that was bloody hilarious. If you weren't performing on stage, oh, which of bro. the medians would you prefer to do? Would it be in a park, would it be in a driveway or go back to your backyard uh, gardening show? Man, I definitely... Well, you know what? I wouldn't make the gardening... Like the gardening show... I mean, that was like my first try at making videos and they just... I had no idea about editing and they <laughs> blew like they blew out to like the longest, just most arduous... Vi- I don't know if you, what ones you watched, but there was one where I, I read um, uh, Dark Emu, that book by Bruce Pascoe about the yeah. Indigenous history of Australia. I read that book <laughs> out loud in full to my spinach plant. <laughs> yeah. And like... I just, I mean, it's like, who is this for, man? Like, yeah. what is going on? Um, and I, and I like filmed the whole thing over like a month and then I fast forwarded it and then like did a book review. I don't know, dude. <laughs> but like, so in terms of creating content, like yeah. that's insane. But in terms of like having a life, like I didn't have any income, but I was on, you know, whatever the the, the government money thing was. And I was like, once I accepted that I couldn't do comedy, I was actually pretty happy, you know? So that was a good life. Like, if I could just be working my gut, like, the cool life. But in terms of doing comedy, I mean, nothing beats just being in front of people and telling jokes. Um, yeah. The, the, I would, it would have to be in the park because that's the closest. Yeah. Like, the, the, the stuff in my driveway with my desk and people coming from the street to hear a joke, like, there's no... I only was working with the jokes that I already had. You can't really try out new stuff there. People are already... (laughs) The whole thing about comedy is that people have to feel comfortable, you know? And I think that's the job of a comedian is to get the audience to feel comfortable and then they will, you know, listen to your stuff or whatever. And so, like, when are you more uncomfortable than standing in some guy's driveway who's brought his desk out from his room with a cardboard sign and you're like... Man, this guy's clearly struggling. I guess I'll give him 30 seconds of my time. Like, that's not the moment yeah. to be throwing out <laughs> new ideas, you know? No, the only thing worse than that, I would say, is having to do door-to-door sales. That is the only thing that I think would, could be worse yes. than being at the end of a driveway. What I was doing was, like, soliciting people to come to me door-to-door <laughs> yeah. and asking something yeah. from them. In a way, I, what I was doing is, like, probably more of an imposition. 
Yeah, I think that what I saw as well, uh, your jokes are obviously tailored, I'd say, for adults. And there was a kid that was just like clearly not laughing at the joke because they just didn't get it. And I feel like when you can't choose your audience as well, like it just doesn't go well. Yeah, man, that mom fucking, that was so funny. I, I like told my editor to leave that bit in because I thought it was so funny when the kid yeah. is just staring at me and then the mom's just like, all right, mate, well... Like, let's go. <laughs> yeah. I think also because a lot of your comedy is based a lot of your life. So obviously you're on Amazon Prime, you've got Taco, um, which talks all about, you know, you, you meeting your dad and, and that whole journey as well as, you know, last year's show was about um, your grandpa and your jobs and this year's show, which is really exciting, is all about you giving up drinking. Um, I feel like with with the audience, like they know what they're in for when they're coming to a show, but when they're on the street, really hard to tailor that material. A hundred percent. And also like think about people's expectations because the way that they got there was I stuck up signs at the end of my street, which was like Ligon Street in Melbourne. So it's like a busy thoroughfare. Uh, and I put comedian giving out jokes for free. And so people came expecting jokes, but like I have jokes, but m the way that I do comedy is very conversational. Yeah, yeah. So... They get there and they're expecting me to go like, hey, what's the difference between a fucking cat and a missile or whatever? Yeah. And they get there and I'm like, so I've never met my dad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's just not really what people... It's not people's idea of a joke, yeah. you know? It's more of an unburdened... I, I feel like also from watching your show as well, like the narrative structure is so important and the lessons that you learn throughout it and the ups and the down really draw you in. As you said, just saying, hey, I never met my dad. Probably not the icebreaker that people want uh, yeah. as they're walking up and down the street. Yeah, I find, I, I, I think that comes from like the, I find the situation of like comedy, like stand up with like the setup of it to be so inherently absurd. Like you just, there's a bunch of people pointed at the mm. stage and then you walk up and then you start talking. Yeah. So to me, to go up there, like the question for me is always like, why are you here? Why are you telling us this stuff? Why is everyone, you know, why is this happening? Mm. And for me, the only way to really explain that is to just start talking about my life and myself. Like I go, hey, everyone. Uh, so my name's Aiden. I grew up in Adelaide, yeah. you know, and then there's context. Yeah. And because of that, that's how I start like all of my sets. I'm just like, hey, so this is who I am. That means that, I don't really write jokes that are just absurd set up punchline kind of jokes, yeah. you know? Yeah. They're all kind of couched in the context of like, this is who I am or this is an experience that I had or whatever. And that doesn't really work when you're sitting behind a desk in a driveway. So yeah, that's <laughs> no. why that was fucked. I think everyone's expecting like the Seinfeld, what's the deal? Instead of like, here's, here's a, like a, you know, 50 yeah, minutes yeah, of comedy. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. yeah. So the new show this year, which is very exciting is, is, all about um, you giving up alcohol. And I know that in one of your latest podcasts, um, part of it is you reviewing alcohol-free drinks uh, as promotion for your show. Yeah. Have there been any standout drinks for you uh, yeah. so far? Oh, dude, 100%. I actually was editing some of those today. I did all the reviews. I don't know. I couldn't remember what I said on the pod, but yeah, I decided to, for the month of March, I'm going to release an alcohol-free drink review every day, so 31. <laughs> yeah but I don't have time to do that every day. So I just sat down and did it all in like two yeah. days. Um, so I was just like binge drinking these alcohol-free drinks at my mum's place in Adelaide with like a camera on me and <laughs> whatever. But uh, yeah, man, I, I had some, like I, I, I got some stouts. The Upflow stout is amazing. Okay. Um, 
the Big Drop Stout, the Milk Galactic Milk Stout's really good. There was this stout by this crew called Mash Gang, which Mash are Gang. Uh, cool uh, name. like they're from the UK. Um, man, they're so dope. What they do, I just I uh, doing the reviews. I was like reading about all of them. I mean, I quit booze, yeah, almost four years ago, and. I still love drinking beer and it's just nice to have something that's not water so you feel like a grown-up when you're at a pub or whatever, you know? <laughs> Definitely. The the Mash Gang guys, they don't um, they don't take the alcohol out. Like, I think one method is they, like, boil the alcohol out of the beer after they brew the beer. Um, and they don't oh, okay. do that. They brew the beers so that they're specifically made to be, like, 0.5% alcohol. So, it's like... Yeah. I don't know if you've... Fuck, I'm getting real nerdy with this shit, evidently. No, I love it. Um, I love it. If you've tried like Carlton Zero, Heineken Zero and all of those, they have this weird sweetness to them. Okay. And uh, I've not researched this at all, so this could be complete bullshit. <laughs> but what I reckon that is, is because they make it... It's cheaper to like boil the alcohol off and it gives this weird sweetness when you burn it. But the right. Mash Gang ones, they all taste like proper beers because that's how they're actually made. So yeah, they're stout. It was like sweet like cherry stout or oh my god it was oh incredible. that sounds lovely i've i've never been much into beer so the zero alcohol beer has never made any sense to me um but i feel like some of the flavors like the cherry one you were speaking about i feel like i'd really get around that yeah dude and i mean for me i i did love beer when i used to drink but it's the only one that is anything like an approximation of the real thing you yeah. know like the spirits there's no burn it's not the same even the wines and i actually tried now, what are they called? I think they're called Smug AF. Smug AF. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. They're two girls from Sydney and they make these uh, alcohol-free, like, you know, cocktail things in cans. And they were the only ones that I tried that I was like, this is actually sick. It tastes good. It's like something to fight against when you drink it. You know, it's not just like sweet fizzy water. Yeah, which is probably what you're looking for in a drink. I, yeah. I do love the promotional strategy as well. I think that's fantastic. Um, the morning after is all about, obviously, your transition away from alcohol. And I think the benefit of that as well is that 31 beers, not going to make you drunk. You're going to feel, I mean, maybe bloated the next day, but at least not hungover. Dude, I don't know why, like... I never consider the future when I do... Like, I was like, oh, it'll probably be hard, but I'll just pee a bunch. But it really made me feel like... It made me sleep super late the <laughs> yeah. next day, both days that I did it. And I was like, why did I not... Like, in the morning, the morning after the first one, I did like 15. And I was like, woke up at 10.30. And I was like, why did I sleep so late? I was like, I was like I'm a piece of shit. And then my mom was like, yeah, maybe because you drank 15 alcohol-free beers yesterday. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> if you think about that, that's like five liters of like alcohol free oh, beer. Man. That is so much. Dude, that's you just did that mass really quick in your head. That was sick. I, I hope it's close. Look, we've got to get back to your perfect sick day. Um, so your worst job, it sounds as though, was door knocking by a sizable margin. A hundred percent. What would be your excuse if you could give any excuse to get out of work? What would you give as the ultimate excuse so you don't have to go back into mm. door knock and interrupt the love of families night? I don't know if this is a good answer, but like, I mean, clearly from experience, I would just say, hey man, I hate this job and it makes me feel bad in my heart <laughs> and I don't want to do it anymore, you know? So <laughs> you've, you've cut out the middleman here. Yeah, I'd just be like, hey man, I'm just going to move on with my life. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> yeah. Well, essentially, you've cut out what I normally do at the end of the show, which is say, oh, you get call up from your boss and you've got to tell them, you know, why why you've taken a sick day. But I'm happy to, for you just to cut it out and say, as you've done many times, it seems, just say, yeah. I hate the job. Yeah. I'm not coming back. And then yeah. you can really have the perfect day off. Well, I really only had the balls to do that a couple times, but most of the time, what did I do? Like, I never missed a day of school for the whole of high school. And I didn't ever, when I worked jobs, ever really miss work. Like, that wasn't my style. Yeah. But okay. what I would do was I would just like disregard, like, much like what I just said with waking up and, and wondering why I slept in. I don't think of the future. I just am like, this is right now. So I would just drink. Like I got fired from Yaya's in Melbourne. I don't know if you're familiar with the nightclub on Smith Street. It's a, it's like a legendary dirty ass nightclub in Melbourne. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I used to work the midnight till 5.30 glassy shift on oh, Friday, terrible. Saturday nights. And uh, I was also a um, tour guide, walking tours, doing like free walking Jeez. tours in Melbourne at the time. Yeah. And so I would finish my tour at like 1 p.m. And some days, if there were cool people, we'd go for Chinese. And then after that, we would go drink. And this one day, a bunch of them came back to my house and we were drinking all day. And then at like 11 p.m., I was like, oh, shit, I've got to go to Yaya's. And like, I didn't call in sick. I just fucking went to work, (laughs) passed out on a couch (laughs) at like 11.30 and woke up at 1 a.m. with my manager being like, you're fired, (laughs) man. Um, so yeah, if that tells you a bit more about like, I'm, I, I was in that case, it would have been smarter for me to make up some, you know, like, oh, I can't work cause I'm fucking, my grandma died or whatever. Yeah. I probably would have kept the job because yeah. I was in no state to work, <laughs> but instead I was in this state of denial where I'm like, nah, man, I'm all good. I just got to push through. <laughs> and like, I remember my manager when he fired me, I was like, please dude. And he was like, dude, you can't even look at me right now. You're so drunk. <laughs> So like, yeah, I would say that if from that I'm extrapolating, but your excuse is definitely, hey, I don't want to pass out on the couch again. <laughs> I am way too drunk to come into work. Yeah, yeah, sure. Which at that point, yeah. you're probably fired anyway. Or just no excuse, but just just underperformance. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So you've, you've turned up to work and you've passed out on the couch. So you're, you're gone. You're no longer in this job. So you get to have... Yeah, maybe my, maybe my excuse is... Maybe my excuse is... so you're able to have the day off and have your perfect sick day and to start the day because it's not a big night it's a big day as baraka would say what would be your perfect song to pump up the day right oh dude it's gotta be um simon says by pharaoh monch do you know the song yeah is that like the dubstep like remix of like like it's just simon says giving instructions it's like nah. dun, 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 dun. nah, it's it's, um, it's something completely it, different. Pharaoh Monch is like a New York hip hop MC from I think the song must be like twenty years old now, and it starts with the big horns. Dun 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 dun. You know that one? Dun 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 dun. Oh, get the fuck up! I know that song. Simon says, "Get the fuck up." Yeah. Okay. That is a pretty great pump up song. It, it definitely yeah. gets you out of bed pretty quickly. Like you yeah, are yeah, raring yeah. to go. Um, are you a big fan of Pharaoh Marsh or is it just this one song? I don't think I know anything else from them anyway. Man, I, I couldn't tell you the rest of his stuff. I used to be really into um, 
I mean, I guess I still am, but you know, back in the day, that was like when I was a teenager, it was all about hip hop. I actually saw Pheromont live when I was like 20 um, and the Hilltop Hoods, it was in Adelaide and the Hilltop Hoods did a song with him on one of their albums from around then. Oh, sick. And they, for the second last song, they jumped up and did the track together and then they came into the crowd and he played Simon Says Last and me and my <laughs> best mate got to mosh with the Hilltop Hoods to Simon uh, Says. It was sick. That is incredible. Also, Hilltop Hoods, Adelaide grown natives. Um, so I feel like they would have been having the best time as yeah. well. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, that's, <laughs> I mean, it's an aggressive start to the day. We've definitely had people that ease into it i feel like this really gets you gets you up as the song suggests <laughs> yeah i've not thought about it i should i would probably hate that early doors i'd probably be so angry <laughs> yeah i think the more i do this the more i realize that like if i had a song like that to wake me up i'd be so angry i'd just be cranky if that was like the first oh. song but i think if you get out of work and then you've been up for a little bit and you're like, you're ready for the day. I feel like that's okay. Yeah, yeah, totally. Or I mean, that's a good song to start something, but maybe not to go from unconscious to conscious, you know? If that was <laughs> yeah. your alarm, oh, you'd probably punch someone in the head. <laughs> yeah, it is. I feel like that is a classic thing that happens when you try and wake people up. I've, I've had it to me happen before when I was younger and I was waking up... Um, it was, it was one of my friends and they just like lashed out as a response. So like they essentially hit me. And I was just like, yeah, if you had a song like this, you're breaking your phone. Like you were swiping at it. It is gone. Oh yeah. Hard. Yeah. Yeah. Through the wall. Totally. Totally. Yeah. I don't know <laughs> if you can be held. Uh, this isn't obviously like legal, but like uh, from a f philosophical standpoint, can you be held accountable for something that you did on the cusp of, consciousness you know like if you oh. punch someone in the face and they die when you like they woke you up and then you like king hit them and then they die surely you're not going to jail oh this is such an interesting question and i i want to steer as clear away from legal advice as possible but i would say like you know if you're half asleep <laughs> right if you're asleep like that's on them at that point uh -huh. <laughs> you know yeah exactly man <laughs> yeah. at that point i think it is still a king hit it only becomes a coward punch when you have like waking intent you know yeah. but if you if you're coming out of the dream state that's a king hit yeah <laughs> at that point people are just clapping you they're just like good aim while you're asleep like that's just impressive yeah. <laughs> i mean as long as yeah, the person yeah, doesn't yeah. die we don't want we do not condone the person dying or actually being hurt from this. We want like a nice graze. Yeah, no, I mean, hurt. no, I don't, I, I don't condone, I don't condone doing it at all, but that's the thing, you <laughs> yeah. know, like may maybe we disagree. I reckon it's cool. No, I'm, <laughs> I'm being an no, I, I think that if someone in their sleep, I'm thinking if it happened to me and someone in their sleep punched me, I think I'd just be impressed. I'd be like, I'd be immediately, I'd be angry as, as you often are when someone punches you. But then I think about it for a second. I'd be like, just well done. Unless you're pretending yeah. to be asleep and then I'm just pissed. Oh yeah, totally. Yeah, I wonder what kind of, like if they just jabbed you straight in the nose, you'd be like, man, this guy was born in a war zone, you know? <laughs> yeah, especially like when you're doing a tender wake up, like, good morning, I uh, hope you have a great day. And they're just like, <laughs> oh, that's really funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you're like giving your girlfriend a kiss on the cheek and she's just like, wham! <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> man. I, I had a mate who I used to live with who told me because he had night terrors, and uh, he told me he in his sleep 
kicked his girlfriend in the back and she woke up and like <sighs> oh, crying, no. obviously. And then he woke up and was like, oh my God. And she was like, you just kicked me in the back. And he was like, I'm so sorry. Like, that's a, that's a bummer of a yeah. situation. Yeah, that yeah, That sucks. Yeah. That's just so unfortunate. Yeah. I think if you're asleep, you can't control it. F- like, favor's no, going to be on can't. your side. Yeah. <laughs> All right, <laughs> what so a rabbit hole. We're starting off... <laughs> I, this is strange places that we are going to and I love every second of it so you start off the day with Simon Says which is giving uh-huh. me an aneurysm even thinking about it and then where yeah. do you go for your perfect lunch or brunch in, in your local area oh perfect lunch or brunch I was going to say maybe if I'm starting the day with Simon Says I'm just being led by the vibe here I might go and do like a some kind of Muay Thai class, you know? Some kind of 6am, like, you know, sunrise and suplex type of situation. Look, I, I'm happy to subvert this. We don't normally do the activity before the lunch, but if for your perfect day, you wanted to do the activity first and do Muay Thai at sunrise, I'm, I'm all for it. Yeah, let's do it, man. Let's do it. And then we'll get the meal after. Yeah. Okay. Are you, have you done Muay Thai before? Never in my life. <laughs> okay. So how did you think that Muay Thai is like, that's how you want to start the day at sunrise, no less? We were just talking about like kicking people and, you know, punching <laughs> and stuff. And I feel like that's absolutely the vibe of the track that I've picked. And I didn't realize it when I picked it. But yeah, I think that's what I want. I think listening yeah, to Simon okay. Says and Ferro Monch and the memory of being 20 and pushing suffer and pressure around a mosh pit in Adelaide has got me thinking, I think I need to knee some kids in the head, you know? I think I need to go <laughs> to a place where a Thai dude is teaching me how to fight people and just and just get punched in the box, you know? <laughs> Have you done any type of martial arts before? Never, never in my life. I'm sure I would get absolutely annihilated. <laughs> I love that because most people for their activity or like for their choices, like are things that they've done. I like it that you've gone left field. You're like, let's do something completely different. Cause I feel like for a lot of people, that's probably some of the most exciting parts of the day is just trying something completely new. Yeah. Also, I just feel like, again, my preparation's letting me down. I didn't think too hard about this. So I'm trying to trust my gut and go <laughs> with the feeling of the, th- you know, you got to um, go with your gut. And I mean, I, w- I think I would be, I think I would be remiss to not follow my instinct here and do a fight class. No, you've got to look, I'm going to be completely transparent with you here. I've seen your moves on stage because uh, you tell a joke about Street Fighter and you do some of the moves. And can I be honest? That's I reckon right. you've got this down yeah. pat. <laughs> yeah, man, I've got it. Exactly. Yeah, that lady in the joke beat the fuck out of me. But um, <laughs> maybe <laughs> that's did. why I need it. You know, that I'm, I'm like, you know what? I got beaten up by a lady on a train. So I need to um, really up my game if I'm going to get out into the world and make a man of myself. Now, are you going to do the class with any friends? Do you want a celebrity there? Like the scope is really large as, as to who you want with you or are you just doing it solo? Oh man, um, maybe like uh, as a shout out to a good friend of mine, I would have uh, the King of Fights himself, um, uh, Ryan Gosling there. <laughs> oh Yeah. I mean, he was just in Sydney recently uh, filming a, a movie. So he could pop he down. He was in Sydney. That's right. Pop down, do some Muay Thai in the morning. Maybe, you know what? Maybe I would have Ryan Gosling and Ben Knight there because Ben Knight, comedian and, and good mate, yeah. was just on that movie with him. And he was talking about how much of a good dude Ryan is. So maybe I would have Ryan there as my sparring partner 
but then Ben Knight like knows him personally. So like if he, cause you could see, you could see Ryan Gosling, like he's a pretty, you know, he's, he looks like a very kind man. He's yeah, like definitely. just a good dude, but I reckon he's got a bit of that white line fever, you <laughs> yeah. know? And if he saw red yeah. in the ring, I would want, I would want uh Knighty, the ginger ninja there to, um, to pull him off yeah and to help you out Ben Knight I've seen a few times he he does obviously a lot of stuff in Sydney and he's a hilarious guy but I also feel like in a fight he's the type of person you want because obviously he's doing at the moment with Luke Heggie he's he's a bottle of skits and I feel like he he would be a security guard in in another life oh dude he's also like straight up the most athletic dude <laughs> you have ever met in your life. He's incredible. I hate that I'm just now going to rhapsodize about Ben Knight for one to two minutes, but (laughs) I play... uh, So we have like a comics game of soccer every Saturday afternoon in Melbourne and Carlton. And uh, I've played like indoor with Knighty a bunch of times. He's like tall and he's built, he's lean, he's quick. The guy's like fucking, what's he, like 37, 38? (laughs) He can still move. He plays rugby. Like every sport that he does, he's like the best guy on the pitch, yeah. you know, he played, uh, he played state league soccer. Gee. Like, I mean, he's just, yeah. <laughs> what a if there's life. one dude you want in a fight, it's, you know, he could probably do some weird, like spin kick or some crazy shit. <laughs> yeah. And just take Ryan Gosling completely out. <laughs> Absolutely. So why Ryan Gosling of all people, why have you chosen him as, as the person that you would want to spar with? Oh man, I can't even remember where it came from. Me and my best mate were watching a movie. Have you ever seen that movie Blue Valentine that he was in years ago? No, I haven't. It's it's a beautiful movie. It's about the like the kind of love draining out of a relationship and there's a lot of before and after stuff. But he has a fight with a guy in that. And I don't even know why. I think me and my mate were just high and we were talking about Ryan Gosling <laughs> and we thought it was funny to call him 500 Fights or like that his oh, next yeah. movie is just going to be called 500 Fights because he's so <laughs> tough, you know? Yeah. And that was like 10 or 12 years ago. And we still talk about it to this day. Like, hey, old 500 fights. So, um, yeah, yeah that's what he's made got a me. special place in your heart. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, he's the goat. He's, he's such a king. Yeah, he does. And he's also just so versatile. You don't go for Blade Rider to La La Land and not have complexity to you, you know? Yeah, yeah, 100%. So are there any movies of his that like really resonated with you? I mean, besides Blue Valentine? Man, I feel like I've let us down a cul-de-sac here because I actually am not a big movie dude. Um, really? But Blue Valentine, I, I couldn't even tell you many more of his movies. I know he was in Drive. Uh, yeah. Is he in... Um, what was he in? Was he in a movie with Channing Tatum? Uh, I'm sure he would have been. He's done so many movies. Not? I think you you and I are probably <laughs> as good at, at naming movies <laughs> as one another. We need my brother here. He's got like an encyclopedic knowledge uh-huh. and he'd be able to help, but... <laughs> not my forte yeah <laughs> i'm the dude that when people go have you seen this i inevitably go oh man i'm sorry like i just don't watch i haven't seen like the latest shows that people watch or whatever i don't know what i do i'm not making a better use of my time <laughs> people like i feel like when you say like oh, i don't watch many movies or tv people go like all right fucking good for you dick yeah. you know like they think it's like some kind of high status thing but i don't know what i'm doing the rest of that time like it's not yeah, I don't know. I don't. I just don't get around to watching that many movies and shows. Well, that's what I was going to ask you, but I guess you've kind of explained it. It's always worrying because I, I guess I don't watch that much as well. And again, I'm like, what the hell am I doing with my time? Like, there's got to be something that you're doing it with. And I think if I think about it, I can probably name things, but I'm just like, 
there's just people that really just smash through TV shows, movies, all of it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. I don't know. Like, I guess maybe I maybe I go for brunch too often. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. Maybe I go for long walks and listen to podcasts. Yeah, which is still a great use of time. I do I do love yeah. that the person you've chosen to spar with is 500 Fights, Ryan Gosling, who you've seen probably one movie of, but just reckon he's a cool guy and he knows Ben Knight. So that'd be a good layer as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it sounds pretty terrific. Muay Thai in the morning with Ryan Gosling and Ben Knight just watching on and only only engaging if he needs to. Oh yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, he's more of a kind of sentinel type figure, <laughs> just standing guard, watching over the proceedings. It's it's crazy how easily I can picture that as well. Um, but that sounds fantastic. So you've now had your Muay Thai, your first ever Muay Thai lesson. What is your perfect meal after that? Man, I reckon we got to go. I reckon we got to go brunch. I know brunch is copping a lot of flack lately, um, but I reckon it's brunch. I reckon it's like pancakes and maple bacon yeah yeah something like that and maybe like you know pancakes with like fruit oh yeah delicious um, yeah yeah and then like a maple bacon um I, I like trying new cafes so i would find last year i uh or maybe it was no 2021 whatever but during the lockdown one of the things i did in melbourne was i looked up this broadsheet list of like the most beautiful cafes in Melbourne and there's a map yeah. and I would ride my bike out to those and like, you know, check them out. That sounds um, incredible. So I would probably do something like that. Find a cafe that I've never been to and uh, ride my bike out there with a mate. Yeah. Um, I had a, yeah, my best mate that he lives on the other side of town. So we would like meet up with our bikes and just ride to whichever one. I would do something like that. Find a place I've never been before. I love going to a new place and just like discovering it and the journey there and yeah. Yeah, we've spoken about that a bit on the podcast about people that like always like just want the same thing every time and people that like variety. And I've said quite a bit like the variety for me, like I want to try all the cafes in the world. But when you hit gold, it's hard also to be like, ah, is there really much better than this? No, it's true. You know what though? Like I live in Coburg in Melbourne and uh, I lived in Brunswick for three and a half years and there are so many great cafes within yeah. walking distance. But Coburg... It doesn't have what I'm looking for in a cafe. Um, it's got great lunch stuff. Like you got Turkish and like there's banh mi's, there's Thai, all of this. But for a cafe, there's not really one within like a 10, 15 minute walk of my house that stands out enough to become my regular. Yeah, that's fair. So you're looking for a place that has nice views, um, nice decor and maple, maple bacon and pancakes. Yeah, and a killer coffee. It's got to be a good like... You know, locally roasted independent coffee with like a, a long black with like those nice fruity notes oh, yeah. or like a or like a, a pour over filter or something. Look, I'm not a big coffee drinker, but I can definitely taste the difference between shit coffee and like really decent yeah. independent coffee. I'm a I'm a real asshole with it. I um I get real snobby about it and it's a, a like a source of some shame, but also something that I will not compromise on. Yeah, I, I can understand that. When you go overseas, because obviously you've done the Edinburgh Fringe quite a few times, you've been around the world. How do you go with coffee overseas? Because I mean, it's pretty awful in some places. I actually bought a book. I don't know if you've uh, seen these books by the publisher. I think it's Fiden or Faden, P-H-A-I-D-O-N. They do all these weird kind of niche 
you know, like coffee table books. And there was one that I got a few years ago just before the pandemic and it's called um, Where to Drink Coffee. And it's a book of like every major city in the world um, published in 2019 and like the best coffee spots in those cities. And that year I did a four-month tour through Asia and Europe and the UK and I went to Ireland, Scotland and like I went to, that was when I met my biological dad. So I, I, I probably went to like 15 countries or something. And I had this book with me and I would touch down in these cities and find the cafes and go there. So yeah, that's like a fun way. Like a lot of places don't have many really good cafes like Melbourne does, but there's always like one or two. Yeah. Um, if, if it's like a decent sized city. I reckon that book would be so useful for so many people. I feel like I can't believe that it's not a bestseller at the moment. Well, it would have been useful in 2019, but even like three years later, like when I went back to Europe this year, a bunch of those cafes closed because of the pandemic. So it's already just like a relic, you know, but um, I love it. It's just, it's a cool thing to have. And I like wrote down in each of those books, uh, sorry, in each of those, you know, like when I went there, if I met the person who was working there, like, cause I would talk to them be like, Oh man, I got this book, blah, blah, blah. It's just a cool conversation starter. Um, and I wrote down, yeah, the experiences that I had. I love that. I think also because you're on your own time, you're happy to chat with them. But if you were working in that cafe and they came in, you would tell them to piss right off. No fucking way, mate. Get <laughs> out of my face. Yeah, definitely. All right. Well, that sounds like really delicious brunch. Now, if you could go anywhere in the world for your perfect meal, where would you go? Oh, man, that's good. That is good. Um, I like... I want to say, I think my favorite city is probably Barcelona. But then, like, do I want to go somewhere that I've never been? Like, maybe I want to go to Colombia. Oh, yeah, that'd be interesting. The food there would be incredible. Yeah, and I guess, like, I've never been to Colombia and I've never been to New York. I've never been to New York and I always wanted to because of hip-hop and stand-up. And because Colombia, because I'm half Colombian and, I, you know, I met my biological dad in Austria, in Vienna. So... Maybe one of those two places. And if I'm leaning towards one, it'd probably be Colombia. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, so yeah, maybe go Colombia, go to like Bogota, um, find, but but then like an absolute Australian tourist, find the one place that does a long black and a flat white, you know, <laughs> yeah. and get my maple bacon there. <laughs> and then yeah, complain, complain that it's not as good as it is in Fitzroy. Yeah. <coughs> so... Normally we do activity after brunch, but we've, we've flipped the script for you. You've already done your activity. You've already done your brunch. And then the last thing that we do normally is that the boss calls and says, Hey, Aiden, I uh, saw that you were doing Muay Thai with Ryan Gosling, but I already kind of know what your answer is going to be to your boss calling, Uh which is just like, fuck you. I quit. (laughs) It's, it's like, yeah, you jealous. (laughs) <laughs> you jealous <laughs> Ryan yeah, Gosling feel- <laughs> says fuck you yeah <laughs> I'll sleep on whatever couch I want <laughs> <laughs> so look let me let me recap your perfect sick day for you as well oh just before we do that though I did want to plug your podcast because sitting under a tree with Aiden Jones is the podcast that you do and I feel like throughout the day you're listening to the podcast not yourself but you're you're getting inspiration for the podcast throughout the day sure sure um 
because I know you've been doing this podcast for like about five years now. Um, I did want to ask, like, how did you come up with the idea of of the podcast? Um, I love Bill Burr and I just wanted to do that. His podcast is like, it's so sick. It's the best. And I just like the idea of talking to yourself every week. Yeah. And I just wanted to make it as easy as possible so that I would keep doing it. The the first time I ever did it, I was uh, at the end of 2016 there was this girl who I used to see in like 2014 and then I moved to mm. the UK and so we didn't like whatever, but we stayed in touch. And then when I got back to Australia in 2016, we were still in touch and she lived in Sydney and I was like, oh, I'll come to Sydney to visit you. And then when I got to Sydney, like when I was at the airport to go and see her, she told me that she like just started seeing someone and oh I was God. really bummed and I was yeah. just like, oh, fucking, you know, I've kind of almost felt like, I, I, I should have just gone back home because I was at the airport yeah. in Melbourne. But I went yeah. to Sydney and stayed at her house and just had the worst time ever. And um, then I got a hostel for the last couple of nights that I was there. And I went, I just remember I wanted to tell the story to someone, but I was too embarrassed to like talk to anyone about it. <laughs> so I went to a park and just told the story into my phone. And I had the idea that it could be like a podcast. And then I didn't do it again. That was like the start of 2017 and then I didn't do it again until uh, then like in 2017 I went to Edinburgh and I had a great time there and I met a different girl and I went back to Edinburgh to visit her in December of that year and it didn't work out and that year (laughs) I was like all right you know I remembered the last time and I was like I went back there kind of thinking it wasn't going to work out but I was like I still got to go and I was, I had kind of started to have the idea of doing a podcast every week. And so that was when I started it. And it was just, yeah, a way of like, I guess, trying to dump my feelings, but still publicly for some reason. I don't know, man. I love doing it though. It's the <laughs> best. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. It's, it's funny that you're like, oh, I was too embarrassed to tell the story. So instead I recorded a podcast and now I have a podcast that's been running for five years. <laughs> yeah. And you know what? I actually had someone in... Um, at my show in Perth uh, like a week and a half ago, who was a guy who I met at the hostel in Edinburgh in 2017. I don't remember him, but he was like, dude, we met five years ago and you told me about your podcast and I've been listening ever since. And like, you know, it's like been a real constant in my life. And then it was so cool, man. And like, yeah, I I don't have a lot of listeners, but the people who do end up like listening – yeah, I find it kind of wild, the persistence with which people will listen to me every week. Because I joke that I have 54 listeners and yeah. it's probably closer to like 80 now, which is insanely low to yeah. be doing something for five years, you know? Yeah, it's impressive commitment. I get enough messages from people saying that they listen to be like, ah, this is still worth it. And I realized a couple of years ago when the listeners dipped that I think I would keep doing it even if no one listened which is nice but that's great because that's like the passion behind the project i think with podcasts it's so hard um to know how many people will listen and you really just have to be doing it because you love it yeah Uh, there was this uh this guy called richard herring a comic in the uk who when i started he used to do a blog called uh warming up um and he did it every single day and it was just a half hour or an hour or i can't remember what it was but it was a, an amount of writing that he used to do that wasn't jokes or whatever he was working on it was just like free form stream of consciousness writing and he would publish it 
Um, and he did it every day for 10 years. I remember when I started, he had been going for like 10 years doing that. And that's kind of how I see the podcast is it's just like a weekly exercise to talk about, to talk for half an hour. And it's, it's kind of impossible to plan what you're going to say for that amount of time because eventually you run out of juice or you stop caring or whatever. And yeah. that is when, when, you, when you stop, when you run out of things that you plan to say, that's when great stuff comes out, I think, you know? And it's taught me so much about like trusting myself, trusting that funny things will happen or, or just asking myself what I'm actually caring about in that moment to say that rather than the bullshit yeah. that I planned. Yeah, definitely. That's that's really interesting. I feel like a lot of people do podcasts so it can be heard by the world. But I think for you, it sounds like much more of a self-reflection process. <coughs> Let me recap your perfect day to you. So it starts off with, well, you've had a lot of jobs, but this is the worst one. Door knocking, trying to sell electricity. You then tell your boss that... You hate this, you're going to quit. But before you do, uh, you fall asleep on the couch. So your excuse is that you've just slept through your shift. Uh, and to start the day off right, you're listening to Simon Says by Pharaoh Mosh, which is a banger of a, choose, a tune to start off with. Then you go and instead of eating something, you do Muay Thai at sunrise with Ryan Gosling. And in case anything gets a bit hairy, you've got Ben Knight, the comedian. He's right next to you and he'll protect you if he needs to. Then after that, you go find a brand new cafe, probably ride your bike there, look at the beautiful view and have pancakes with fruit and maple bacon. How does that sound as your perfect day off? That sounds sick. I love it. I'm going to do it. I'm doing it tomorrow. I'm going to get Ben Knight on the blower. I'm going to fly him and Ryan down to Adelaide and we're going to run yeah. it. <laughs> I feel like yours is definitely feasible. Ryan's in the country. I think it's a, it's a doable thing. I think he could not say no yep. to Muay Thai with you. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, I think it'd be amazing. I think um, he's such a nice dude. There's no way this isn't going to happen. Yeah, I agree. Well, Aiden, thank you so much for joining us on Chucking a Siki and going through your perfect sick day with us. Thanks so much for having me, man. Um, I've had a lovely time. I really appreciate you having me on the pod. And there you have it. That is the perfect day off for Aiden Jones. I think Aiden really changed the game with his activity before his dream meal. Hasn't happened yet. And now I'm both confused and ashamed and unsure about the whole concept of this show. But I did love his choices, so I can't fault him for beating the system. But make sure to grab your tickets for Aiden's show. He will be in the Melbourne Comedy Festival right now happening right now from the 30th of March to the 23rd of April, and he will be in Sydney from the 4th to the 7th of May to grab your tickets. But until then, join us next week for another perfect day off on Chucking a Sickie.